Blog Talk Radio. Hey, it's Mamas in the Hood, Jenny and Susan, sharing our thoughts on everything from family life to motherhood. This is our special Mother's Day show, Mamas in the Hood, Jenny and Susan. And we are going to be sharing the story of Susan's latest book, A Mother's Worth. Before we get going, I just wanted to explain to all of you, our listeners, why we only have three shows on the channel. Obviously, we've only done three shows in the two years that we've been doing this radio show. And, uh, you know, we've been busy. Susan's oldest daughter was married. She's now a grandmother. She has a beautiful grandson. Our family closed up our life in Colorado and moved to Utah, so we've been busy with all of that, helping children get launched in college and university. And my oldest son left on his Mormon mission to Honduras. So, you know, we've been busy, but we're excited to share with you the message of this book tonight and share a little bit more about our lives. So thank you for tuning in. Susan, why don't you tell my, our listeners where they can find your book? Well, the book was released April 30th, 2013 on createspace.com. CreateSpace is a print-on-demand publishing uh, or printing company, and they have a page for my, for my book. The book is called A Mother's Worth, Celebrating Motherhood. You can go to CreateSpace. Uh, the URL is createspace.com forward slash 3885121. That will take you directly to the page where it offers a summary of the book and also you're able to make a purchase from that site. In addition to CreateSpace, the book is available on Amazon.com and it's available for European distribution as well. And didn't you set the website too? And the third way that the book is available is through my website, the book's website, amothersworth.net. And so there's three ways the book can be purchased. Um, The reality is purchasing it through my site provides me more of a royalty. Amazon's fees are quite steep. Create space is a little bit less. And then on Mother's Worth, Purchasing it through me, whether in person or through my website, uh, leaves more royalty for the author. And also, eventually, the book will be made into a hard copy, a hardcover copy. The book that's available now is only a soft cover copy. The hardcover copy will be available eventually and will only be available through my website, Create Space Phone. Create Space and Amazon won't distribute the hardcover. Tell us that website again. It's a mothersworth.net. Great. Well, I received my free copy of it in the mail last week just in time for Mother's Day, and what a gift. It is so beautifully put together. Could you tell our listeners how you came up with the idea for creating this book and, and just how it came to be? Well, I guess a little background information needs to be given first. I'm a mother of seven children, and I have been a stay-at-home mom. I had been a stay-at-home mom for 16 years, 16 to 18 years of my life. And uh, all all of that time, we've always struggled financially. My husband has always been self-employed. And, you know, there's been times where I've lamented about our finances and how, you know, not really meaning meaning 
it, but like if we had had less children, if we had been smart and had less kids, we would have more money. And I said that one time to my daughter. I was, you know, joking with her. And she said, Mom, you know, Heavenly Father has always provided for you, for our family, whether, you know, we had, you had a few kids, no matter how many kids, you, he's always provided for us. And, you know, out of the mouths of babes, babes comes truth. And she's right. We've, we, were, we have struggled when we had one child. We struggled when we had seven children. But we've always made ends meet. And, but, it, but it has been a struggle. And being a stay-at-home mom, you make sacrifices in order, you know, in this day and age you have to sacrifice usually in order to be at home. Um, most times, most families need two incomes. And we were able to to make it, but I had always wanted to figure out some way that I could earn income from home. And I tried creative memories, stamping it up. I was a Mary Kay consultant. I um, recently had started to try to do a hair bow making business. I tried a bakery from home. We had got set up a, a, a commercial kitchen in our home. We've tried all these different home-based businesses um, so I could help augment my husband's income, and nothing ever really was successful, mostly because it's just hard to be able to, you know, give time to a, a business when you're mothering, and the priority is always the children. And so... So even though there was struggle, I was I was able to stay home with them. I homeschooled them, but then the recession happened, and we went from struggling to just completely the, the brakes went. You know, the brakes went on, and there was no there were no phone calls from my husband's business. He was completely out of work, completely derailed, um, and so I had to go to work. And so whereas I used to pray. You know, Heavenly Father, let me figure out a way to make $400 a month. They went from needing just a couple of hundred extra to be able to have some icing on the cake to being able, you know, to being able to pay the bills, uh, keep a roof over our head. I went from needing, you know, a few hundred to needing thousands a month. And so I was working one job, then I picked up two jobs. My husband took over the homeschooling, and then... We ended up moving. We were living in a rural area. We moved to a bigger city where there would be work nearby because the commute was just too great. And so he was able to get work. I had two jobs. I I couldn't homeschool my kids anymore. I put them in public school. And my husband and I did a third job um, together from home. So I was doing three jobs, one with my husband. My husband had a full-time job. He was doing a job with me, so together we had five jobs. And we operated um, like this for a couple of years, three years. And um, we're going into our fourth year now since the recession hit us. And so, you know, for three years, that's kind of a long time to be running full throttle. And I lamented last year right before Mother's Day, I said, I I posted a, a comment, and it was, if I die a pauper, it's not from the lack of effort. And one of my friends commented back, and she said, if you die a pauper, it's because people are only examining your bank account. And I thought about what she said, 
that night and over the weekend. And and actually, I, I believe it was it had to have been either that night or the next day. I wrote this book, and you know, I, I also need to make the point that part of my lament stems from I've written lullabies and stories and books and have tried to publish my stories. I've sent them to publishers. I have these lullabies. I've longed to make a CD. I have a lullaby blog. Um, you know, just all these different artistic endeavors that I wished somehow I could launch them and, and be able to earn income from them just never pan out. So I, you know, went to work immediately and started writing my thoughts, and I wrote this book just in the course of a day or so. I mean, it's not a very text-based book, but still there's, it, it it just came to me, and I got on the internet and searched uh, stock photographer, stock photography photos, stock photography um, websites. There's several of them, and what that is is a photographer will take pictures of any kind of different things, and they'll upload their pictures, and they'll put keywords with them. Like say a photographer photographs a mother baking in the kitchen, so you can search mother baking and you'll get you know 40,000 whatever a huge number of pictures that photographers have uploaded and when you find one that you like then you can pay to license the photo and so I searched I did a search over the weekend for these photos and I found I needed about close to 30 and I found 30 photos that I thought perfectly illustrated the book and so I put it all together in a PDF, and bright and early, I don't think I slept the whole weekend, bright and early Sunday morning, I emailed it to all my closest girlfriends. And their responses were so excited, and just they just loved what I sent them. They they loved it. They thought it was inspiring and beautiful and touching. And, and I... I realized, wow, I have something that I think I can actually publish now. I think this one, I think this is it. And, you know, I, it, it takes money. If, if, if you can, don't have a publisher, if you don't have a publisher publish it for you, then you have to self-publish it. And in the old days, when someone self-published, they would have to purchase a large quantity of books and stash them in their garage and go to different, you know, conventions or different things, different, find different avenues for selling these quantities of books they had sitting in the garage. But now, in these times, because of, you know, the Internet and print-on-demand companies like CreateSpace, you can upload your book file and they'll print one copy off or 10 or 100, however many is ordered by an individual at a time, and they'll print it and mail it directly to whatever address the person wants the book to go to. to the, like, say, if you buy a book, you can have the book sent to yourself, you have five books sent to yourself, or you can purchase a, one book and have it sent to your mother across the country. And so, really, in CreateSpace, you can upload your files for free, but you have to have your files ready to print. And unfortunately, I don't know how to do that. So I, I, I got on CreateSpace, I was aware of CreateSpace, and I, I got on the site, and I figured out what it would cost me to publish a book, because they offer 
services um, for book design and cover design. And then in addition to the services they uh, of those design services, you also have to purchase like an ISBN or if you want to have it available on Kindle or if you want European distribution, there's all these other fees. So I, I calculated everything and I came up with a figure of about $100. So I sat there and I realized that if I could get 170 people to donate $10, I could publish my first book. And I had heard of Kickstarter.com. And Kickstarter is a fundraising platform online that helps creative people to get funds to launch So I immediately kicked off a Kickstarter program, a Kickstarter fundraiser. And I think I gave myself three weeks to raise $1,700. And I used Facebook, um, and my friends and family were the main, were the ones that, that, that donated. They were very generous. Uh, but there were also some people who I, I wasn't familiar with, uh, that I didn't know, strangers, who donated through the Kickstarter site. But one of the ways that I uh, was able to, you know, your friends and your family, when they donate to a project like this, they're not always willing to at first. Just because you say, I'm doing a project, they're not just like opening their wallets and handing out their money to you. You have to still market it to your friends and family. They have to see that this is a worthy project for them to get involved in. And so one of the things that I did was to take the demo copy that I had put together and had sent to all my friends. I took that copy with the watermarked photos. The stock photography photos all have watermarks on them until you purchase them. So I, I used the watermark photos and made a, a a print version, printed it off, and went to the mall with my video camera, my little handheld video camera, and I stopped six strangers, six men, one day, and I went another day and I stopped six women. And I approached them and explained to them that I was an author, I'd written this book, I'm wanting to self-publish it and raising the funds if they would mind reading the book and allowing me to videotape them and their reactions, their honest, candid reactions to the book. And the responses were overwhelmingly positive. People smiled and laughed, and one woman cried. And I, I, it was funny because I went to work that night, and I was so happy. I was like, I made somebody cry today. And people were like, Susan, that's terrible. Why are you happy you made somebody cry? And I had to explain to them that as an artist, making somebody cry is a sign that you accomplished your goal, that you've made something that moves people. Are you there, Jen? I'm here, and that is so true. You know, it just... When I read the book the other day, the feeling that washed over me is that it was such a powerful text, simple, and then the photographs were just so beautiful that it was just an uplifting experience to, to read through the book. Well, and I saw those tears, and it was like, you know, that just totally conveys that the book touched her 
in her, you know, touched her in her heart, touched her to the quick, and I asked her, you know, what she thought of it, and she said that that the book reminded her of her mother, and that she thought that anybody who looked at the book would feel like she was feeling and thinking about their mom. And so I knew from from her response that this book was going to be very meaningful to people, and that you know, that I was on the right track of raising the funds. And, and, I, and I, I believe that the video helped my friends and family to see that this was something meaningful for them to invest in. And that as far as the men's video goes, one of the men, I, I just love his reaction. It was this, he was this big, burly guy with his family. And uh, he wasn't really burly, but he was just big, buff, and... Um, joking you know when I approached him he's like sure I'll read it can I tell you if it's if it's terrible and I said yeah tell me anything you can say would just help me to make it a better book if you don't if you don't think that you know you don't think it's good or you think something could be improved please let me know and I wished I had taped him saying can I tell you if this is terrible can I be honest because as he started to read the book he was still laughing and joking, making jokes about stuff. And and I started videotaping him, and, you know, he flipped through the, the cover, and he told a joke and was laughing the second page. But then by, like, the third page, he wasn't joking anymore. And as he kept going through the book, he just transformed, and you could see him nodding a couple times, and his eyebrows kind of raised, and he was, like, you know, getting into this book and feeling of its message and at the end, he said, this is awesome. This is like a greeting card. And, you know, this book, if I gave this to my mom, she would be sobbing right now. She would love this. And, you know, to see a guy get emotional like that too and, and be so excited about it, it was really it was really, you know, motivating for me to keep going because it was kind of stressful. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to raise the funds. And the way Kickstarter works is if you don't reach your marks, you lose all the funds. You don't get any of it. So any of the money that people donated all goes back to their account. And so luckily, I have some generous friends and family, and, and they got me to my goal. And I'm really very, very, very appreciative of their help. And and so that was the – go ahead. Let me, let me just insert something here. In our culture, the feminist message has been so saturated in the media through television and music and movies that I think it's almost been like this ringing sound in all of our ears since the 70s, you know, about women can have it all, you know, you can have a job, you can have a career, you can have your kids, and, you know, you're going to be just fine. And this this book has kind of an anti-feminist message in the sense that it's really holding up that mother who's investing her time into her family. And, you know, I just have to juxtapose it with that book that was written by the CEO, I think, of Google, called Leaning In, where she's, she's telling all these career mothers, you know, you can have the babies and you can still have your career. You just have to lean in, which means, you know, try harder, push harder. And, and you know, my message always to mothers is step back, slow down, take a nap, you know, focus on those babies because sooner than you think they're going to be grown up. And so, you know, I think it's more powerful to have this type of a book out there right now because the feminist message is just so loud. Well, I guess I should describe what the book is, is about. The book is about, uh, the, the first half of the book starts off, you can't 
calculate a mother's worth by examining her bank account. And it ends with, you calculate a mother's worth by the deposits of love exchanged between her and her children. Then the first half of the book depicts through pictures and simple text many of the jobs that moms do for their families that they never get paid for. Mothers are a nurse, they're a teacher, cook, nutritionist, and some of them are funny. Mothers are transportation waste specialists. I'm sorry, transportation specialists or sanitation waste experts. <laughs> and then the latter half of the book shows in photos and text many of the ways that children reward their mothers, many of the precious ways they reward us, and that is tender tender kisses and hearty hugs and the priceless artwork that they make us make for us, their little drawings. And I, I actually wanted to take a picture of uh, that. That one is illustrated with a, a, a little girl handing her mom a drawing on a piece of paper. But I had toyed with the idea of getting a toddler to write on the wall with a pen, <laughs> Yes, you know. And my daughter said, but mom, you'd be reinforcing some kid writing on the wall. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't think, I, you know, I would be find someone too willing to have their have their wall scribbled on. Anyway. So when did, but, you, decide, um, when did you decide to let go of the stock photos and just go ahead and, and find some people to do your own photos? Well, after I raised the money and I had budgeted $300 to buy the stock photos, I needed to find a designer. Well, I was going to use, I initially was going to use CreateSpace to design the, the cover and the interior of the book. But for some reason, I just had this thought that they would give me, like, more of a cookie-cutter type of project because, you know, they just kind of whip them out as their business was their business. And it, maybe that's not the case, but that was the feeling that I had. And I just felt like if I found another woman who could do it for me, that maybe she would put more heart into it. And so I, I just felt like I needed to find a design not, and not use CreateSpace and find an individual designer, but I didn't know how to go about doing that. I was very leery of using just somebody advertising on the Internet. You know, people had told me, oh, there's, you can pay five bucks. There's some site where everything's offered for five bucks. They'll do anything for you. But, you know, how do I know they're gonna, anybody's going to give me a good product or they're not going to shyster me and take my money? I don't know. I have no idea. So, you know, unless somebody came with a recommendation, I would feel very uncomfortable giving, you know, $800 to a stranger. So I had, um, there was one book that had been recently released. Um, I think it's The Gift of Giving Life. It's a beautiful book. And the author of it recommended her um, her designer, but the lady was too busy and just unavailable for my project. And she also didn't really like my budget. It was it wasn't enough for her. So I'm sure she's you know very busy and has lots of projects going on. And and so I knew that I needed to find somebody who maybe didn't have a lot of experience who would be willing to take a smaller you know budget to design it. Um, and, but I, I had no idea where to go. And then one day I was, what I like to do on Facebook when it's my friend's birthdays, um, if I'm motivated, I'll do a search with their name and, um, like, you know, I'll, I'll put in, like, happy birthday, Helen. That's what I did one day. I put happy birthday, Helen. 
And if you look at the images for that, then there'll be all these different birthday-related things with Helen's name. And one of the things I found was a card that somebody had made that was made out of, that was a cut paper artwork. And so it was a card with this bird and tree and leaves, and it said, Happy Birthday, Helen, and there were these two little birds, and it was just gorgeous. And I, you know, being an artist, I loved it. I just loved that card, and I thought, that's so gorgeous. And I wanted to see more of this woman's work. So I went to her site, and she what she does is she sells. Um, she was in the UK, and she her she was on like a Etsy type of site, selling cut paper artwork, different cards, or like um, uh, different decorations. Um, and I really liked her work, and, and so I just was like investigating her site, and then I noticed she had another website, and lo and behold, she is a master in print design. She has a master's degree in print design. And I thought, you know what? She's not advertising. She's not, you know, she wasn't even advertising to do, um, to design books. She had recently, I believe, gotten out of school. And so I contacted her. And because she had never designed a book before, um, she was willing to accept my budget. And as we spoke, she said, you need to go and look at those uh, the licensing for the stock photography photos because you really need to, you know, scrutinize it and make sure that we can crop photos, edit them, flip them, do whatever we want, and, you know, just go look at it deeper. So I did. I called the companies instead of just reading everything. I called them directly. And I found out that because it is a picture-based work and not heavily text-based, that it would be three times more expensive to use the photos. The budget wow. would have been like $1,200 instead yeah. of three. So it was like four times more. And there was all these limitations and stipulations, and I wouldn't even been able to use some of them. And so, and then after so many prints, 10,000 prints, you'd have to relicense with some companies and other companies. It, was just, it would have been a huge headache. And so, and in addition to that, when I had sent out the copies to my friends, their feedback was, we love it, it's great, but, you know, if you could take the photos yourself or get a photographer to do it for you, we would like that better because these photos are too posed for us. These are models, and we don't really like that. It doesn't really reflect real mothering. Real mothering is not perfect, and it's kind of messy, and it's not, like, beautiful, you know, all the time. So they kind of didn't really completely relate to the photos because of that. So I had, you know, these things mounting, and and it kind of just came down to I had to take get the photos taken, which gave me the, a problem. I would also have to find a photographer who was willing to accept my very meager $300 budget. How in the world am I going to do that? So I uh, kind of, you know, this whole experience was really serendipitous. Like all these people came to me just perfectly timed and, and, you know, in these interesting ways. And they were all meant to be a part of this book. And, and so my daughter was out in California. My family and I live in Missouri. My daughter had gotten married and moved to California with her new husband, Etta, and he was, he's a Marine, so they're stationed in 29 Palms. And she was out there and she was expecting and had had maternity photos taken, and they turned out really great. Some of them were just beautiful and I thought hmm you know in Missouri 
now I had I, I had gotten behind on my deadline. I had I had set a deadline for my book to be published in October of 2012, but because I'm not signing designer and because of the photos issue, October you know end of October already, and the book was nowhere near finished. And so it was fall, becoming winter, and I was wanting to find a photographer. And so taking photos in Missouri in the fall and winter. Uh, we can keep going. Is not, um, you know, desirable for a book. So it would be wintertime, dreary. I wanted warm, inviting, outdoor, loving photos with lots of light, light-infused photos that would reflect the warmth between mother and child. And I wasn't going to get that in Missouri. So my daughter's photographer was in 29 Palms. The other thing I wanted for the book was diversity, ethnic diversity. We can go 15 minutes over, so just keep going. Okay. So um, I wanted a lot of ethnic diversity, and we weren't going to get that in Missouri either. In the city where we live, it's really not very diverse at all. Um, so 29 Palms was the perfect place. Being at a marine base, there's lots of different, um, you know, ethnically diverse people there. So I contacted my daughter's photographer. She was willing to accept my budget, and she started. Well, unfortunately, it was really hard for her to capture my vision of what I wanted for each photo. Even though I sent her the example photos, she was able to get two photos that were really spectacular. And so I, you know, I had to kind of, I had to communicate with her that it kind of wasn't working out, and she was getting frustrated, and I was kind of getting frustrated, and realizing that it was really hard being in two different places you know, me not being able to do this with her. So, but then she backed out of it. She just didn't want to proceed and um, because I was going to be going to visit my daughter to help her with her delivery. She had always wanted me to be with her when it came time to giving birth. And so I had was fortunate that my jobs were going to give me time off and um, one of them I had built up uh, vacation time. And they were really gracious and let me put it all together, lumped it all up. Usually they don't do that. So I had 18 days to go be with my daughter, and I realized that I'm artistically inclined. I have an eye for composition, and I'm great with details. And even though I didn't really know how to operate a digital camera as far as being on manual functions and understanding, you know, the workings of photography as far as aperture and, you know, exposure and all that, I figured if I had a digital camera and I operated on auto, that I would be able to take the photos. So I borrowed a camera from a friend, and I went out to um, 29 Palms, and I was able to photograph. What I what I intended to do was take the photos that required the least amount of expertise, the ones that I thought were outdoor, you know, natural light, purely sun um, lit, that I wouldn't ha really have to use like a reflector or any equipment that I didn't own. And so I, I took 18, I think it was 18 photos. And then after my daughter gave birth, I, I finished the photo taking like a day or two before my daughter was due. And the baby was overdue even. He even gave, us, he even gave me an extra week to get my picture taking done. And I finished with that. She gave birth. And then it was time for me to return to Missouri. And I cried for three days because I did not want to leave my new grandson and my daughter. I and tell, um, I have to tell you here that when I flipped the page to the picture of Camille, 
expecting the baby, I found myself tearing up because I met Camille in the Mormon nursery when I was her nursery leader, and she was a little 18-month-old baby. So (laughs) I have known this little girl since she was so young, and to see her in full blossom as a mother, it just, my heart wanted to bust. So, and that yeah. picture is incredible with the sun shine and the, her her hair, you know, sunlit, backlit with the sunlight. It's just a beautiful photo, and, yeah. and it, it is special. And, and it's interesting that there's two photos of my daughter. There's, I had only initially planned for one photo of my children to be in the back of the book, and it's a picture of six of my seven children when they were younger, and they were all beaming, smiling at me, um, just these beaming, smiling faces. I've always loved that photo, and and that photo illustrates the the, the text where it says, "A mother's greatest treasure is the smiling faces of her children." And so I knew I wanted to use that photo there, but that left one of my children out of the picture. My baby, this and then my son, my my seventh child, and um, so Camille, my my eldest daughter, is in. The, um, in the photo in the back when she's 12 and then also when she's pregnant as a 20-year-old. So that's kind of kind of a little interesting factoid. But anyhow, back to the story. So I um, cried for three days, didn't want to go back to Missouri, and my husband had told me, just stay, stay with our daughter, she needs you. And I, you know, I told him my work needs me. My the younger kids need me. He said the young kids are fine. We're all managed. We're all chipping in. They can handle it. And your work, yeah, that's unfortunate, but they can hire somebody else. And I said, well, you know, I made the decision to go back. And after I returned, my while I was there, actually, there was a a picture that was needed um, of a of a boy kissing his mom on the cheek. And because I hadn't planned for my children to be in the picture or in the book, and I didn't want to be in the book, my friends, I was keep, I kept being told that I needed to be on the cover of the book. Because the cover of the book was a whole dilemma. I didn't know who to put on the cover of the book. I didn't, I wanted, I wanted this book to represent as many different cultures as possible. I wanted people from all over the world, kids from all over, to be able to look at the book and see themselves, see representations of themselves. You know, as a uh, Mexican American, um, uh, you know, a woman of Hispanic descent, I'm fourth generation Mexican American. You know, I have always not been happy with the fact that you don't. There are very, you know, few images that represent my children in literature. Often, when you look at a, a book and you see, you know, a, a Mexican child, it's a book that is, you know, heavily Mexican culture based like explaining Mexican culture and you know we're fourth generation we're very Americanized um, you know one of my sons called me recently and he said mom what are those things that you know the women <laughs> that they make in California and that they um, one time we were in California and this woman came up to us and she had in her car she was selling some homemade food he's like what are those things that they make in California that they're wrapped in corn and I said, a tamale? He's like, yeah, a tamale. So, you know, that's how, you know, we're, we're, we're he, unfortunately, our, my kids, we've lost a lot of our culture. And 
you know, so for them to see themselves in books is just regular American kids, you know, not talking about migrant farm workers or, you know, piñatas and, you know, different cultural aspects, just, you know, like when you go to the when you go to the store and you go to pick up a, a greeting card, most of the time it's Caucasians on the greeting card. Well, and there's this photographer who does these really cute like little kids and dresses them up as adults and, and puts them in cute scenes. I don't know if you've seen those. And yeah. they're beautiful, you know, and, and they're all Caucasian kids. And so, you know, it's really hard to give your children, you want them to see positive role models that represent themselves. You want them to look at a book and be able to relate and look at a face that looks like theirs. So I knew, you know, from the beginning, if I had made a book, that it would be ethnically diverse and I wanted to represent as many people as possible. Anyway, so, and I also wanted to represent different age groups, you know, different young moms, older moms, different age children, um, newborn through teenagers and also, you know, as far as, you know, Caucasians wanted to include like a blonde mom and a brunette mom and a redhead mom. And even I, we've, I've included a Down syndrome child. I wanted to include uh, an adoptive family, but I was not able to find, I was in this time crunch with taking the photos and I didn't, wasn't able to find an adoptive family. I also wanted to represent a uh, biracial African-American, Caucasian, you know, black, white, couple with mixed children, mixed race, I guess, children, and I was not able to find a family. Um, I did, I, there is a, 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 a multi-ethnic family photo. Um, she's Hispanic and he's Laotian, but I also wanted to, to, to find, a, you know, a black-white couple, and I wasn't able to do that. So, there, I would have liked for the book to have even a little bit more diversity in it than it does. Also, it was very hard to find Asians that were willing to be photographed, as well as um, um, Middle Eastern. I really was hoping to find, you know, someone from Iraq or India or, you know, Greece, different just different cultures over there and. I wasn't able to, I had found some people, but they were not willing to be photographed. So um, so as I, you know, was planning, it took a lot of planning to have the different ages of the moms and the different, oh, and boy and girl. And one, thing, one of the things in stock photography is they're very heavily girls. Lots of the photos are girls, very few boys. Boys, very few boy and mom photos. And I guess it's because girls are so cute to photograph. They can even put bows in their hair and put dresses on them and, um, so, you know, I wanted a nice mixture of different ages and genders of the kids. And so I had needed a, a, a picture of an older mom with a four-year-old for this picture of the boy kissing the mom. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm 40, I'm 42, and my son's four, and he needs to be in the book. So even though I didn't want to be in it, having a picture of him kissing me was was solved that he you know he needed to be included in the book too. So when I got to back to Missouri, I returned the camera I had borrowed and luckily the weather turned nice. All of a sudden one day it was beautiful out and before I returned the camera, my son, my 18-year-old son was able to take a picture of my 5-year-old 
kissing me on the cheek, and that ended up in the book. And we were, um, but then I was there for three days. My daughter had um, complications, after birth complications, and he did go in and have a surgery. So I, we decided I needed to just, unfortunately, quit my jobs, return to California, stay with her um, indefinitely, and that's what I did. And when I went back to stay with her, I was there, and she had recovered quickly, but still wasn't needed her, mom's help. Yeah, wasn't her husband deployed? He was. Um, and so, you know, I, I needed to stay with her until he returned. And so that was the plan. I would stay with her till he returned from his deployment. And while I was there, she was back to health, and I had free time on my hands. And I thought, you know what? I'm here in Missouri. I'm here in California. Beautiful weather, and I, I need to get this book published. So I found a, a photographer. She's a student photographer, so she was willing to take the pictures with me um, for no payment. And I basically directed the, the shot and you know staged everything. She operated the camera. She took the pictures. We worked together. Came up with ideas. We were a great team. We got like 20 pictures done in like two weeks. We whipped them out. And it was just amazing how it worked out. And so, there, you know, most of the pictures are military wives. Most of them are – there's one naval wife. One, all the, uh, Almost all the rest are uh, marine wives. There's a few who aren't military. And it turned out that seven of them – well, myself, the author, and six of the participants are LDS. Um, and – so we took those photos, and then in January, we wrapped it up in January. And my um, my son-in-law was coming back um, home. So I stayed with my daughter for, I think, a month. And then I ended up going, my husband said, well, you're in California, go stay with your mom. She needs your help. And so when I got to my, I left my daughter's, went to my mother's, and just proceeded on getting the book done. It was kind of weird because, you know, I was working 60, 70 hours a week in Missouri and I didn't really have a lot of time. I wouldn't have had the time to take the pictures in Missouri. So it's kind of, you know, amazing how it all worked out that I had paid vacation for a while. Then when I went to my mother's, I got a job, but I'm still, my husband got more work. He's had more work this whole time. I haven't been working as, as like I was before. And it was like Heavenly Father provided me this opportunity to wrap up this book, get it published. I, it was stressful. We were behind and we were behind all the people. You, you provided huh? all the people. Yeah, you provided all the people. You know, I'd be in the grocery store, and I saw this woman, uh, Anna. I was like, hey, can I photograph you? And she's like, sure. And, uh, you know, I said, well, do you want to meet another time? She's like, well, we could do it now. I needed a picture of a woman in a grocery store. And so we took it right then. You know, there were some people who were, um, she was a Filipina, and, you know, she was just like, take it now. I'm like, great. There were some people who were just totally willing. One lady I met her at the store, she met me at the park two hours later. And, you know, other people, you know, we, um, some of them, the first photographer had had found them. And I had looked through her list that she gave me and was able to pick. You know, I needed to pick and choose different, you know, the different ages and all this stuff. And, yeah, so all these amazing, really gracious women let me into their homes, let Christina into their homes, and I know she has made great relationships with them 
sense because she resides in Twenty Nine Palms and she's a military wife. And all these wives, they're you know they're they're like a sisterhood. They're very close there. And and you know so even my daughter had a lot of women from our church. Um, you know of course the church is always very helpful with each other. The sisters a great sisterhood. So she had all these people willing to help her and. Some of the women I photographed even wrote me and were, when they had read on my Facebook that my daughter was in need. They were like, does she need anything? And I was able to tell them, thank you, but no thanks. You know, she did have assistance because there was a time frame where I was flying back and I wasn't with her and she was in the hospital. And all these, you know, sisters came forward to help her. And the, even the women that I photographed were willing to help my daughter. That's how caring they are and how these military wives all step up to help each other. And so, you know, so it, it's a, it makes the book even more special, this military element. And it pays, you know, it really pays homage to 